0: in the military something that's always very important to me
1: people wanted to ask me how my my child wants to be a catcher what do i tell them i say catch every ball
2: and in life isn't that the way it is
0: i spent two years in the service and i was proud to be part of it i wore that uniform with a pride and dignity just like i wore the dodger uniform with great character
2: and love the greatest name in the history of the cleveland indians franchise mr bob feller and now a very special interview with ann feller um very nice lady took her time to come speak with us a little bit about uh her late husband bob feller so hope you enjoy
0: Ms. Feller, do you have any stories about Bob's time in the military?
1: Well, there was, there was one story just would not, he didn't talk about the war very much. You see when well, it would change the subject, but he did tell me about it one instance. He was uh, on the guns for hours, five hours on the guns on the top, on the top uh, place, at, on the USS Alabama. And he came down to the main deck and he said, I'm tired and I'm hungry. And there was food, always food on that deck. And he decided I'll take a nap and he slept because he was simply exhausted, but he did so well. He wouldn't talk about the war very much. That's probably the only thing he ever mentioned to me about the war. It was just something he had to do and he did it with grace and with dignity. And uh, he stayed until, uh, in USS Alabama until the war was over and then they went back to baseball.
0: Thank you very much for sharing that story with us Anne. Um, if I could ask one more question, what do you think you would think of the Bob Feller Award Foundation and what it stands for and what do you think of it?
1: I think it's a wonderful foundation and I'm so glad you're remembering him because he had such a good life. He uh, was of course, wonderful at what he did. He loved being among people. Uh, he was a very, uh, very courteous about uh, autographing and being there and being photographed and so forth. And, uh, of course, being in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and we, uh, of course, would go to the Hall of Fame and uh, all those men would be there together. Uh, he and, of course, Ted Williams were great friends. And uh, they were... Uh, he, of course, now, Bob, you see, Bob, uh, was born and raised on the farm. He didn't dance. Bob did not dance, and he did not understand music. If you happened to be holding the other side of the hymnal uh, at church, he would be humming because he didn't need to know that. But I think with uh, with Ted, up at the museum, we go to the museum, and Ted would come over and say, Can I dance with, you, with your wife? And Bob would say, No. And Ted would say, Come on Anne." And of course, we danced. But they had wonderful rep- Wonderful group of people in the Hall of Fame who knew each other and uh, enjoyed being in each other's company and uh, telling stories that are most—I don't know—many not true, but I was be, uh, delighted to be part of it and to be part of his life, uh, even towards the end of the, uh, towards the end of his life.
2: Is there anything you think that young people today can learn about, uh, learn from? the life of Mr. Feller and his dedication to his country and then going back and playing baseball afterwards?
1: Well, I think that he was very proud of his country, of course, and serving in, in the war all, all during the war, of course, was uh, difficult. And he, as I said before, he didn't talk about it very much. But I think that, uh, that they, were, they were such a wonderful group of people that knew what to do and knew that they had to do, even if it meant giving their life. And they did, they, of course, on the USS Alabama, they did lose men, and they would bury them at sea. And uh, he, he said that it was just uh, one of those things that you, you had to go through and you had to accept it. And yet, of course, they'd have other people around them. They had to, very often, the other ships would come up and they'd have to replace the ones that were dead because they did lose them quite often. But they had to have certain men, so they would put more men on. And then they would put on more fuel, more everything, so that they could be back on duty again. And the last thing that came across was Bob Feller's baseballs, because he wanted a whole bunch of baseballs so he could keep his arm in shape during the war. And he would throw it from one end of the ship to the other, but of course, the Foles couldn't catch it. As he said, I'm quoting him here. But he did keep in shape, and uh, he, he was uh, when the war was over. Of course, he went back to the right back to the Cleveland Indians and had more career. But he uh, he never went with another team. He always wanted to be with the Cleveland Indians.
0: If I can ask you one more question, Ann, I'm I'm wondering what is something that Baseball fans and people may not have known about Bob Feller, the person.
1: Well, that he was born and raised on a farm. Uh, you get up early in the morning, uh, eat whatever they put in front of you, uh, get on the get on the horse. When in front of you, you had to, you had to do move, move the all the things around on on the farm. You had to to get it. To, uh, you know put the get it to do some weeding and do some cropping and so forth and so on and you stood and you, lay, you, you worked from dawn till dusk and when dusk came and you couldn't see the, the, anything anymore you'd go back and have a dinner and uh, that was about it early bed early rise he worked very hard because that's what you had to do. He was the only son. He had a sister that was 10 years younger. So he had to do the work. And he worked with his father a lot, picking in crop, going to selling the crop. Uh, he, he was raised and he really worked very, very hard on that farm until he went with the Cleveland Indians.
0: Mrs. Ann Fellow, thank you so much for taking your time today to Remember the legacy of Bob Feller, and to share that, share those memories and stories with us today.
1: Yeah. thank you for calling.
2: Additionally, we have a little something different. Uh, Colin and I are going to be recapping—well, not recapping, but uh, talking about the upcoming MLB season, uh, what we kind of expect, the win-loss totals uh, for each team, some of the moves, whether we see those as um, so for the baseball fans out there Uh, we hope you enjoy so
0: Colin let's get started Uh, in the AL East what do you got with the Yankees the Yankees were a powerhouse last season obviously and what they do they only got better this year they went out and signed one of the best pitchers in baseball if not the best pitcher in baseball Um, I think they run away with this division shouldn't even be close I mean you see the Red Sox they lose Mookie and David Price Chris Sales starting the year on the IL. Um, it's really, it's not looking good for the Red Sox. The Orioles, I mean, come on. The Blue Jays, you could hope Vlag Jr. and Bo Bichetti make a big step, but they're not going to propel them from their projected 67 wins this year. They're not going to go 40 over projection. The um, Rays, I mean, they have a great rotation. You got Snell and Glass now, um, but I just can't see anybody. Even competing with the Yankees in this division, their projections at 103. I could see them winning 108 to 110. They could, who knows? Maybe you have the most wins of all time this year.
2: Yeah, even without Severino, who uh, just got told he has to get Tommy John, which you know puts him up for the next year, if not two. Um, I mean, you still have uh, Garrett Cole. So every five days, if you put up one run, you have a chance to win, and you still have Tanaka. Um, in that lineup, I mean, they have four guys who are going to – I mean, their entire lineup is going to hit for 20 home runs. And then they have four guys, Judge, Stanton, uh, Glaber, Torres, and um, Sanchez. I, they could all hit for 30 um, home runs. So, the thing I mean, you have to it,
0: worry about, those guys, you got to worry about to see if they can stay on the field, though. I mean, when's the last time Judge, Stanton, Torres, and Sanchez even played together, you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, Torres was healthy all year. But, I mean – they still, last year, I mean, there's just next man up. They had Gio Urshela and uh, Talkman come up. And, I mean, how, how often do you see guys, and Mike Ford, you mean you just next guy up, hits 330, you know, over one OPS. Like, that's, that's absurd. So, I, I agree with you, though, that they're going to, they should run away with this division. But I think the Rays could make it interesting, dude. Uh, you know, Austin Meadows is a superstar in the making. They lost Tommy Pham. Um, But you could see Snell and Glasnow, like you said, they could both be Cy Young winners, potentially, if they stay healthy. And then, I mean, we'll see if they end up calling up Wander Franco, uh, who's the number one prospect for them and in all of Major League Baseball. Um, That that team, too, I mean, they could could make a push for a wild card. Um, I don't think they're going to push the Yankees for the division. But I I think Mookie leaving Boston really solidified – the Yankees as I, I mean, I thought the Red Sox would be the team to push them if anything.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the Red Sox, I mean, they still, they still got a great lineup. I mean, if Devers can continue what he was producing last year, you got Xander, you got hopefully benettini can make, take a step forward. And JD opted in. So, I mean, they still got a lot of power in that lineup. But what worries me about them is, I mean, their rotation right now, you're going to start, who's going to be opening day, Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, it's, that's not an ace by any means. Um, and then their bullpen still, they still don't have a closer. I mean, it's going to be interesting, but
2: yeah, I mean, Rafael Devers, off, if, but it's also
0: not looking too promising.
2: Yeah. Raphael Devers, if, you know, I think that the Red Sox made a wild card spot, he definitely would have been in the MVP talks um, for the season he had last year. So it'll be interesting to see if he can repeat that. Um, and you mentioned the blue Jays. I mean, Vlad Vlad Jr. and Bo Bishop and Kevin Biggio are all young, promising guys. Um, Vlad Guerrero, we saw what he could do in the home run derby. That dude hits absolute some moonshots. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in taking that step forward. They signed Ryu to a four-year deal, which I get it. It makes their, makes their rotation better, obviously, but I just don't know if that's the kind of – move they need to make locking him in for four years because i don't think with the yankees team i don't know how competitive anyone really is going to be in that division for the next coming years and i think the orioles kind of understand i mean they understood that last year they'll probably lose 100 games again this year um they they really don't have anything to look forward to except for you know trey mancini i mean he's that kid could be a superstar i think he hit 35 home runs last year um do you think they hold on to him though I, I don't know, man. I mean, part of me part of me wants to think, if you're the Orioles, that you do, just because he's the only thing you really have to build around, I guess, him and Pedro Severino, but, you know, you still have Chris Davis' horrible contract on there. I mean, they have some younger guys who could potentially take steps, but I think the Yankees are just going to dominate this division, so I'd almost, I mean, I don't know that you trade them. maybe try and get him on an affordable contract, but... I could see teams closer to the deadline, trying to make a push for him to add some power um, going into the, the push after the all-star break.
0: All right. So I think we can both agree here that the Yankees are going to run away with the East. Let's get to something a little bit closer. What are we thinking about the AL Central this year? I, I you know, the twins won a hundred games last year. The
2: Indians won 93. Uh, I I think the, the Twins definitely got better. I mean, you asked Josh Donaldson, who had 37 home runs last year, to the team that just set the record for most home runs hit last year. I, I mean, I think that's a slam dunk. Um, and they added Rich Hill, but he's going to be injured for a while. So I think June is when they're saying he's going to come back. But when he does come back, you have Barrios, who's already there, and if he can keep going forward in Ordizi. um. You know, I think they have a decent – they have a really decent lineup. And then they added um, Maeda during that trade with the Dodgers during the whole Mookie Betts thing. So I think that team just got so much better in addition to Mitch Garver, who's already a top catcher in the league. Um, And Byron Buxton's going to be healthy. Max Kepler's going to be a superstar, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I I think they only got better, the, the Twins did, and they had 101 wins. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they can repeat
0: that power. I think the interesting thing in the division, well, first off, we got to talk about if the Indians hold on to Francisco Lindor or not. If they do, then I think they can make a push for, for the top of this division here. But I think the Chicago White Sox are actually very intriguing um, to see Giolito and Keuchel in a rotation, uh, to see if Giolito can make that step, to see where um, Tim Anderson ends up this year. If he can continue what he produced last year, which I don't think he will. I mean, he had what, 330-something last year, 335? Um, so that'll be interesting. And then to see if Yomokata can continue to, to play. Last year, he was almost an MVP candidate. I mean, if he takes another step forward, who knows what this thing can do.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it's all going to be about Yon. I mean, if he can, if he can be an MVP-caliber player, which that's what they thought they were getting when they traded Chris Sale to the Red Sox. Um, what was that, three or four years ago? Uh, that's what they were, you know, what Yon Mankata was advertised as, a, a potential, you know, franchise player. And then they side Edwin Encarnacion and uh, Yasmani Grandal. I mean, Grandal is obviously one of the better catchers in the league, um, up there with Mitch Garver, who we already mentioned, and Gary Sanchez. Uh, and adding Eddie Encarnacion, it'll be interesting to see what he still has left in the tank. Um, and then you already mentioned Dallas Keuchel. I mean, he's him and Giolito together is going to be a pretty pretty solid one-two. Um, so I definitely think they could make a push um, for a wild card. I don't see them winning this division. Um, I, I mean, and you mentioned seeing what the Indians do with Lindor. I mean, after, after seeing Mookie Betts go, I, I really am just wondering what the Indians would get in return for him. Uh, what, what do you think on that? Because I think trading Mookie, I mean, it doesn't look like they have much. They they got that much, in my opinion. So I don't know what trading for Lindor would, would get you back in return. And I think that's why he hasn't been traded, which is kind of what Buster only said when we uh, spoke
0: with him a uh, couple months ago. See, this is just my opinion on the matter. I think the Red Sox probably traded bets because with the team as it stood, they could have been – not – I wouldn't say they would be in the hunt for the, for the division, but they definitely would have been close to a wild card spot. So I think in order to justify moving him, they had to move him before the season started, which is why they didn't get as much as they could have out of him. And, I mean, they basically packaged him for a salary, salary dump of David Price. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because I could see the Indians being in the same situation. How are you going to justify training away Lindor if you're at the top of the division, you know? So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, if they get the most out of them, which would be trade deadline or if they move him before the season starts. I mean, they have, I, I believe he's under
2: control for two more years. So maybe that extra year would be more appealing to a team who might be like right on the brink of uh, making a push, but, but we'll see. And uh, I mean, I can, I can throw my biases out there as an Indians fan. You know, I obviously want to see him stay, um, but, you know, they're worried about cutting costs, and I think not bringing back Kipnis and trading Kluber helped. but I, I still don't know if they're going to be able to get a deal done. Uh, I still like the Indians pitching staff, though, after, even after trading Kluber. I mean, we didn't have him for a lot of the year, and even when he was there, he wasn't his Cy Young self. Um, you know, Shane Bieber was in the Cy Young conversation for a while. Clevenger could be up there. And then they have a couple of young kids uh, you know, who pitch pretty well, with Saval and Plisek and Pluko. So I don't know. I, I like to think that the Indians could still be in it and still, you know, make a push if Jose Ramirez gets his act back together like he did in the second half of last year and Lindor's there um, and Fran Reyes has the season like he did with the Padres. I, I'd like to think that the Indians could make a push. I mean, they were a 93 win team and didn't make the playoffs. So they just missed out on a wild card spot. So it'll be interesting to see. But they really didn't get, I mean, Salino shield to shields and Emmanuel Clayes for Kluber. I mean, Clayes brings a lot of a lot of velocity to the bullpen. So that's I mean that's one thing we did need. Um,
0: but I'm not I'm not really sure. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, looking at the the win projections this year, you got Minnesota projected 94, Cleveland projected 86, and Chicago projected 83. I mean, I could easily see Cleveland and Chicago surpassing that, and I could see Minnesota taking a step back because, I mean, what they did last year was historic. The amount of home runs they hit, I mean, I didn't see that coming. I don't think anyone really did. No. So it would be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see, and then obviously the Royals, I mean, they they are not good, and the Tigers, are—they—they they they, they're really bad. I mean, they're still holding on. Miguel Cabrera is still there selling some tickets, I guess. Um, but one
0: thing with the Royals I wanted to talk about is what do you think they do about Whit Merrifield? I think they should have traded him last year, and I think they got to trade him this year. I mean, they're not going to compete anytime soon. I can't see that really happening. Um, and Whit Merrifield, it's not like he's 24, or 25, and he's got time. He's, he's getting up there. What is he, like 30?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and he so, signs for I mean, 2022.
0: So he could get a lot, a lot in return. I mean, they got some promising pieces uh, in the minors and – uh, who's their shortstop? I'm trying to blank on his name right now. Mondesi. I mean you got you got Mondesi over there and I think he could be a superstar in the making. I mean, we got to see what he had what he could do last year, and I think he's only gonna get better. So I mean they got some young pieces, but I think they just gotta get rid of Wit.
2: Yeah, and I mean I like Wit Merrifield as a player. Um, you know, he's consistent in terms of batting. I think he hit three hundred the last couple of years, weren't close to it. Dude can play every position, it seems like. I think there's a, there's definitely a large trade market out there, probably for him. Um, you know, every team could use a guy to go bat one or two for him, get some steals, has a little bit of pot, and can play every position. Um, you know, every, every team could use that. So I definitely think there's a, a market out there. Um, and one other thing I want to talk about is our guy, Ian Kennedy, um, the winner of this year's Bob Feller Active Valor Award. Um, we got a chance to meet him in dc during the event uh i think it's really impressive what he did i mean he's he started his career as a starter and up until last year and then he went into the closer role and dude had 30 saves i mean that's that's not easy going from a starter to a closer i mean your routine is completely different when you're coming out of the pen
0: i mean yeah uh, it's it's different mindset for sure um i think that just shows that he's a team guy you know uh, to be able to take a step back and say, all right, I'll, I'll go to the bullpen because when he first went out there, he wasn't a closer. He was just kind of like a late, uh, like middle relief, get some innings, eat up innings kind of guy. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and, and we already said the Tigers are going to stink. I mean, this yeah. is
2: one of this is one of the tougher divisions in baseball. I think it, this is going to be one of the closer races between the Twins, the Indians, and the White Sox. In Um, hopefully everyone stays healthy and that's not the reason someone wins or loses the division. But I think between those three teams, we could see a a tight race between, you know, 80 to 90 win teams. And if one of them gets hot, if, if the twins can do what they did last year, I mean, they, they only got better. They added Josh Donaldson. I mean, that dude is that dude rakes still. So we'll, we'll see there, but I think that's going to be one of the closer races. Um, and also I think moving on to the AL West, I think this is going to be a close race. Uh, looking at the teams there, there's a lot of, lot of talent here and a lot of things to be excited about for some of these teams. Um, so I guess let's, I mean, let's start with one of the most notable off season signings was Rendon
0: to the angels. What do you think about that? I think they finally got trout out there. Some help. Um, will it be enough? Probably not, but I mean, I think it's a good start. Um, I think their rotation still needs a lot of work. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Otani can stay healthy and what he'll provide to that team. But I think you you got to love Rendon and Trout in the middle of the lineup. I mean, that's just scary to think about. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have uh, Tommy
2: Lestella. He He's not a big-name guy, but he hit two ninety five, uh hit leadoff for them a lot last year. So you have him. One Trout, two Rendon, three, Otani, four. That's that's a pretty stout first four guys, and then you have you know some question marks like Justin Upton, who's still out there. And when he's healthy, dude's a twenty-five plus home run year uh, a year guy. So I mean, you have him fifth. Poolhouse is getting old, but we'll see what it is there. Um, but yeah, their their starting rotation is kind of scary. I mean, you have Julio. Taheron. I mean, I, I'm
0: interested to see. I'm interested to see what he'll do out there. Um, always scares me seeing a guy go from the NL to the AL. Uh, I'm
2: talking about Rendon. We'll
0: see. I'm talking about Julio Terror on.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to give you 30 starts. But yeah, but Rendon too. Rendon too. Yeah, I mean, but the thing with Rendon is, I mean, if you watch him at the plate, even during the World Series, you, that dude had just a stone face. He's, even, one, of, he's
0: one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, he should be just, fine.
2: Pure, pure hitting, concentration goes up there. I don't think it matters where he's playing, AL, NL, any of that. So I think he's still going to be just fine. But, yeah, their their, uh, rotation with Julio Tejeron, he's going to give you probably 25, 30 starts, and he's going to be competitive. But then you have guys like Dylan Bundy, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping, you know, there was a lot of talk about him for the Orioles when he first came up, but – he just didn't pan out, so maybe a change of, scenery, change of scenery is what he'll need. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely like that lineup between whoever they're going to bat one, and then Trout, Rendon, and Otani. That could be that'd be a lot fun to watch. And they signed Joe Madden, who's only had one season under five hundred in the last deck uh, last dozen years. So I mean, you got you got a quality manager at the helm. Um,
0: but do you think do you think they have a chance at winning this division? I don't think so. I think the Astros cheating scandal, no cheating scandal. I think that team is just so there's so much star power there. Even yeah. though you lose, you lose uh, Garrett Cole. I mean, just look at anyone they get there. I mean, they just I don't know what they're doing. Whoever their pitching guy is, he's doing something. Just look at Justin Verlander. I mean, he comes in, he was struggling with the with the Tigers, and then he gets over there and he's the best pitcher in baseball again. I just can't see anybody beating the Astros.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't either. I mean, you look at the lineup. um, You know, Correa, Altuve, Bregman, Michael Brantley is still producing, Springer. And then they'll probably bring up their guy, Kyle Tucker, their top prospect. Um, So, we'll see see where that goes Um, and where this whole season goes. I mean, I know it's only preseason, but they're getting drilled at an all-time rate. 1.4 per game and last year across the MLB 0.4 hitters was was averaged
0: hit per game so I mean yeah you look at that though and it's kind of inflated stats like seven of the nine people that have been hit so far have been on off-speed pitches the other two are double-a players so I mean you got to worry about that but then at the same time do you have to worry about that I I mean as an Astros fan I'm welcoming that. I mean, unless you're worried about injuries, but with arm guards and shin guards and everything these days, I mean, that's a free guy on base. Yeah, so think about a guy like it. Altuve. I'm think,
2: of, think about a guy like Altuve. I mean, you you plunk him. He gets on first. He could just steal second on you. And then he just got two free bases off of you.
0: Yeah, um, so, I mean, I don't think that's a real concern going into the season because, I mean, MLB teams are going to realize that, you know. So, I don't yeah. think that's really too much to worry about.
2: I think one team, though, man, that, I mean, you lose, uh, you're, you're the Astros and you lose Cole, so obviously that hurts. Um, so I think, you know, I I'm, I like to think that maybe the Athletics could push them. I think out of any of these teams in the division, the Athletics would be the team to push them just because I don't think the Angels rotation is uh, good enough. But I think, you know, the Athletics have a, a really high upside – starting rotation, um, and they have Liam Hendricks in the back end closing, uh, who's a beast, and you have guys like Matt Olson, who, you know, he could probably hit 40 home runs.
0: Uh, you still, you still got Chris Davis over there.
2: Yeah, Chris Davis and Matt Chapman, um, who's an all-star candidate. He could be an MVP candidate, um, and Marcus Simeon. I mean, we talked to Buster only. He said, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they move him. Uh, But right now it doesn't seem like it, but he had a superstar season last year. Um, So we kind of got to look out for that. But I think Oakland, man, I think they could make a push in this division. I think it's going to be a a two-horse race between Oakland and Houston, Uh, unless the Angels, you know, get it together. But I I don't see them jumping from 72 wins to 90 now that – just because they added Rendon. I don't. I don't see that jump happening.
0: Yeah, and I mean Texas, they're probably going to hover right around 500. If I had to guess,
2: yeah, maybe a couple mean,
0: games under. And then Seattle, I mean,
2: yeah, Seattle Seattle's continues. Just gonna, they're not. Yeah.
0: They're not going to be in the playoffs anytime this year. Yeah. Next year, I mean, it's going to be a rough A couple years for the Seattle. It's
2: It's going to be a drought out there. Um, but yeah, and you talked about Texas. They They finished above the Angels last year. I don't expect that to happen again. Uh. You know, I don't think that. I mean, you, you trade for Corey Kluber, so that helps you out. But I don't think between Mike Miner and Lance Lynn, you're gonna they're gonna have similar seasons. Um, we'll see what Kluber has. I hope Kluber produces well. It's my guy. Um, so we'll see. But I don't think they have the firepower to do anything too serious. Uh, I think the Angels and Rangers will be fighting for third and fourth, and then the Athletics and Astros are going to be above them with the Mariners just kind of watching one thing with the Mariners that could be interesting is to see if they move Kyle Seeger. Um, He has two years left on his contracts and you know, I, they might only win 60 games this year. Who knows? Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if they see, they try and move him to get a young guy or two. Um, So let's, let's make the jump, go over to the NL. We'll start in the NL East um, with the world series champion, Washington nationals, our hometown team. Um, what do you what do you expect from them, the Nationals?
0: I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting year. I mean, they added Starling Castro, um, Eric Dames will definitely add some power to that lineup. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how the rotation does if they can continue the dominance they showed last year. Um, I don't know. I think this division is kind of wide open though. In my eyes, I, I don't see a team in here who other than Miami couldn't win it. I think it's going to be a four-way race for most of the year.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say I we mentioned earlier that the AL Central was going to be competitive. Uh, I think this is going to be the most competitive race out of all of them besides obviously the Marlins uh, they're gonna they're gonna stink again so and I mean the Braves won the division last year, and I think they only got better. Uh, I mean, they signed Cole Hamels and Will Smith from the Giants, Cole Hamels, obviously from the Cubs. Uh, and Marcelo Zuna, who's going to go play outfield. But they did lose Josh Donaldson, so that's unfortunate. Um, but they have uh, Mike Soroka. I hope I pronounced his last name right. But that dude's a stud. I mean, he's going to compete for the Cy Young next year, I think. Uh, Max Fried also won 17 games last year, and then they just added Cole Hamill, So that's a pretty pretty stiff rotation.
0: And then, obviously, their their lineup is going to be elite. Going back to losing third baseman, I mean, I just – it's interesting. Right now, the Nationals are going into the, in the season with, what, will Cabrera at third base. It'll be interesting to see if they try to make a push for someone on the trade market or what they end up doing there. Um, but how about a team that was hot for a while last year and made a late push until it fell off, the New York Mets? What do you expect from them? Uh
2: I mean, talking about the, the Nationals real quick, I want to go back to that third base comment. I mean, they have that kid, Carter Keboom. Um, I think he was a shortstop when he came up, but I think they're trying to work him out at third, so that'll be interesting. But like we said, I mean, I was talking about Seager possibly getting moved. The Nationals could be a, a destination for him. But going back to your question uh, about the Mets, I, I mean, they obviously just hired Carlos Beltran and then they parted ways with him after that whole Astros thing came out. But, Uh, I mean, they're going through a a tough time right now trying to sell the team. Uh, They're trying to sell it, and the guy, the new guy, I'm blanking on his name, but he'd become the richest owner in the MLB, which, you know, money is everything. But, I mean, it's hard to look at a rotation, like, led by DeGrom, who, you know, in my opinion, I think might be better than Cole. Um, He's up there with Cole, for sure. And then Noah Syndergaard and Marcus Stroman. I mean, those three guys—that's a—that's a pretty dynamic one-two-three. I think maybe only rivaled uh, by the Nationals, who have Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Um, and then their offense—you know—you got the the Polar Bear, who's still out there. You have 50 home runs. Uh, Wilson Ramos still hits pretty well, and Jeff McNeil hit almost 320 last year. So that'll be interesting. Maybe if Robinson Cano can dial up one last season. Uh, you know, they can make a push, but uh, I mean, their
0: offense, I think they you really be... expect anything at Cano this year though. No, I mean... no, I, no, I don't
2: expect him to be back like he was with the Yankees or even the first couple of years with the Mariners. But you know, if he can dial up halfway a halfway decent season um, you know, I think that, I mean, they couldn't hurt them obviously. Um, but yeah, that, that's my thoughts on the Mets. I think that's going to be a competitive team too, just because of that, that one, two, three on the mound. I mean, you get a chance to win, you know, three out of five days, you know, with any one of those guys up there, you have a chance to go out there and win with, you know, two or three runs.
0: I mean, the ALEs, I think, might have the best all-around pitching in baseball. I mean, you go to the Phillies and they got Aaron Nola, back Wheeler, and Jake Arrieta. And then, I mean, what are you going to get out of Vincent Velasquez? Yeah, but Arrieta
2: Arrieta didn't have a great year. I mean, Nola was – he, I feel like he was the only reliable one. Uh, but yeah, I mean that you. I think you're correct between the Nationals, mainly the Mets, the Phillies, um, and the and, uh, and uh, the Braves. You know, I think those four all have very, very good rotations to start. Um, and the the Phillies did get better. I mean, they were a 500 team last year, and they signed Didi Gregorius. So, and hopefully McCutcheon – uh, stays healthy. I mean, he hasn't been the all-star guy he has been over the last decade, but you know he's still not doing horrible, and they still have Real Mudo and Hoskins and Bryce Harper. Maybe he can settle down in his second year, see if he can't put on a, an MVP-worthy season.
0: All right, uh, I think that's all I have for the AL East or right. NL East.
2: Um, Sorry about that. I was just... Are no, you good? All right. All right, then, uh, yeah, and like we said, the Mets are going to stink. So that's going to be a really competitive division. Uh, so let's move over to the NL Central then. What do you got in there? What are some of the storylines you're looking for?
0: I, I think this one – let me let me pull up the win-loss projections here. Um, I just I, – I love Milwaukee. I just think – I mean, you got St. Louis, who's obviously going to be good. Cincinnati should be taking a step up this year. But just with Christian Yelich, I can't bet against that guy. I think he is one of the top three best players in baseball. And then you get a glue guy for the clubhouse like Brock Holt. I mean, yeah, he may not make that big of an impact on the field, but just to bring a clubhouse together, he's—I think he was a really important addition for them.
2: Yeah, and I think Yelich. I mean, I think he would have been the MVP last year hadn't if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, and then I mean, just look at their outfield alone. You have Yelich in left, Kane, and then Braun. I mean, Le- Kane doesn't light it up at the plate, but, I mean, he was a gold-glover in center. And then, I mean, Braun's still putting up good numbers. I mean, he's he's still playing well. I mean, that's a that's a name that went from the MVP conversation every year, kind of faded away, but he's still playing at a, at a high level. And then you still have Josh Hader in the ninth or the eighth if you want him to go get six outs for you. I mean, he... Uh, He blew it in the postseason for them, but, I mean, he's a beast. He might be one of the best closers in baseball.
0: I mean, yeah, and then I'm interested to see what Castellanos and Moustakis will bring to the Reds this year. And they got Bauer over there too, don't they? Yeah, man, the Reds,
2: listen, the the Cubs beat the Reds for third last year. The Cubs went under 500, and I think they're going to make a big jump this year. I mean, they still have, their, their rotation is, uh, Luis Castillo, who's, uh, a beast on the mound, Sonny Gray, who hasn't been lighting it up. Um, but he's a, he's a quality guy, Trevor Bauer, who, uh, I love Indians guy and then, uh, traded over last, last season. But, uh, and then Wade Miley is their four right now, the projected rotation. So that's a, that's a dynamic starting rotation. And then, uh, you have Suarez. That dude could hit 50 home runs next year. So between all those and Cassianos, is, uh, he's he's a quality outfielder. Dude can swing it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, what are your what was the win loss for them? What was the projection there?
0: Um, I'm looking at 85 and 77 right now.
2: I can see this team as an 85 win team for sure. I think that's fair.
0: Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I to see mean, I think I think Chicago is going to be they're Right, they're under five hundred last year, and I can see them being right there this year. I mean, Chicago was talking under about moving on. Last year. Uh, I thought that's what you said. No, 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 no. The Reds were Chicago. Uh, okay. Chicago was
2: eighty four and seventy eight.
0: Okay. Um, well, I can see them being under. I can see Chicago being under five hundred this year. I mean, there's a lot of talk about moving on from Chris Bryant. Is that what they're going to do? And then you also hear Chris Bryant for Arenado, maybe. I mean, if that happens, then I think the Cubs are a team of mystery right now. I don't think we can really tell what's going to happen to them.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot like the Indians thinking, you know, what are they going to do with Lindor? A lot of this was, what are they going to do with Chris Bryant? Um, a guy who was in the MVP conversation a couple of years ago. Um, and you still have Contreras. Uh, Contreras. As a catcher, they're a catcher. Um, Duke can swing it. He's probably one of the, the better offensive catchers in the game. And Anthony Rizzo uh, and Kyle Schwarber. And uh, obviously Javi Baez, who is an electric, electric guy to watch. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with Chris Bryant. I think that's going to you know, impact it. I think even if he stays this team, I, I don't see them threatening for the postseason, to be honest with you. Their rotation's a little old. With uh, Lester and Hugh Darvish, um, Kyle Hendricks was had a good season last year, but I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate it as their number one guy. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to push the Brewers or the Cardinals. Who I, I the Cardinals won the division last year, won ninety one games, two better than the Brewers. I think that's going to be the the two headed race, the two horse race right there, is the Cardinals and Brewers.
0: I mean, I, I agree with you there. Um, the pirates. I mean, they're not. I don't. I can't see them competing in this division at all. Oh my god the the pirates so. still still
2: angers me to this day that trade for Chris Archer. I mean, when they traded for Chris Archer, they gave up <laughs> their two best prospects and two of the best prospects in baseball for a guy who. I mean, I don't. I don't think he had I mean, a he career had, like four ERA. Yeah, he had two winning seasons. He had two winning seasons. And they traded for him to be their number one guy. And now, obviously, look at Glasnow, I mean, who's down there, going to compete. I mean, he had, Glasnow had what, like an under one ERA for the first two or three starts he had before he got hurt.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, he was he was absolutely dominant last year. And then you got Meadows, too, who's, I mean, I, just, I, can't, I can't even fathom how they made that trade. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have Josh Bell. Dude's going to hit 30
2: home runs, and... Young guy Brian Reynolds, who if he keeps playing the way he did, he'll be manning an outfield spot for a while. And Kevin Newman, if he keeps playing like he did, he'll be the man at shortstop for the Pirates for the foreseeable future. But I don't see, uh, I don't, I don't see this being a competitive team. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about that. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals are a team that intrigue me. Um, looking at them, Jack Flaherty is a superstar, 24 years old. I'm going to say now he's going to win a Cy Young before his career's over. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but uh, the, I mean the kids got electric stuff, and they still have old reliable uh, Adam Wainwright still there, who's projected to be their fourth uh, starter. So that's not that's not a horrible horrible rotation, especially highlighted by Flaherty, and they have a young team to build around with. Tommy Edmond, and Paul DeJong. Um, and then they have the the veteran presence of Goldschmidt, Dexter Fowler, Yadier Molina, and Matt Carpenter. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with with all of them, especially Matt Carpenter. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what his role is in the team this year. So how about we move on over to the NL West? Finish it up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can start. The Dodgers,
0: I mean, Dodgers, Dodgers. I mean, I just – it's it's like you're playing a video game. I don't know how you can have a team like this. It's it's yeah, ridiculous. It's going to be opposite. Saying earlier the the Yankees could win maybe the most games of all time, and the Dodgers are much better than the Yankees on paper. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You got two of the best three players in baseball right now with Mookie Betts and Bellinger. All right, maybe two of the top five players in baseball with Mookie Betts and Bellinger. And I mean, it's they're still a young team. I mean, that rotation is going to be great i mean yeah price hasn't been super impactful But get him as what your third fourth guy in that with that offensive lineup i mean come on
2: yeah and i mean kershaw kershaw isn't the same as he used to be when he was uh, in the cy young but walker bueller that dude's a, a superstar in the making um he'll be in the i think him and jack flaherty are going to be in the cy young conversation in the nl for for the next couple years to come Uh, Like you said, it's like a video game. They won 100, what, 106 games last year? And they only, you know, they only added probably the second best player in baseball in Mookie Betts, second or third best. Like you said, one of the top five players. I mean, that's absurd. Between their potential lineup, I just kind of, you know, made one up based on their team right now. Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, Max Muncie, Bellinger, Justin Turner – Corey Seager, uh, Gavin Lux, who is the number two prospect in baseball, and they didn't have to give up to get Mookie Betts, and then their catcher, Will Smith, and then who, who's ever pitching. The first, like, six guys, the first at least the first five, could all hit 30 home runs. I mean, that's absurd. They're going to be putting up all kinds of numbers. Um, it's going to be electric to see how Mookie and Bellinger play together. I think that's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, so, I think looking at looking at this division, this is going to be another division. I think it's going to be competitive until you look at the Dodgers. Like, the other four teams are going to have fun competing for second place in a wild-card spot. But, yeah, the Dodgers should should walk this into the postseason.
0: Did you talk about – don't they have A.J. Paddock, too? Or what's his last AJ name? A.J. Pollock.
2: Pollock. Yeah, they still have him. Yeah, they have A.J. Pollock also – Who's a backup now? I mean, if they, if they moved on from Jock Peterson, uh, which, I mean, I think, I think they were talking about it with the Angels, um, but even if they move on from him, they still have A.J. Pollock, who I'm pretty sure he was an all-star. Um, dude would probably be a starting outfielder on most big-league teams.
0: I think the biggest intrigue of this vision, other than the fact that the Dodgers are going to win it by 30 games, is going to be... Dude, 30 Colorado. games? 30 games? Not actually. It's <laughs> called it a <permanently>, Tyler. Tyler. Um, <laughs> it's going to be... Maybe 20. All right. I think the most important story, the most interesting storyline of this season, or this division this year, is going to be... Nolan Arenado, do they do they move on for from him? I mean, they've mishandled that situation every yeah. way possible. Yeah
2: they they took that situation I mean, and threw it in a blender and turned it on, and it's just an absolute mess now. I mean, he's one
0: of the most overlooked players in baseball. He's one of the best, if not the best, defensive third baseman in baseball. He's one of the best hitters in baseball, not just the third and all around. I mean, people. Try to bring him down because he plays in Colorado but the man just produces anywhere and everywhere he goes so it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on with him yeah I love all
2: those uh, I love all those people who say like oh he plays in Colorado of course like he's gonna have all these big numbers but it's like you play half your games on the road even if he hit he he has to produce there he's not gonna you know he's obviously not gonna show up and he's not going to have the numbers that he does if he doesn't produce on the road too. So I think he can hit any park. Um, MLB network top 100. They had him at ninth. So I, he's a, he's obviously a top 10 player. Um, probably top six, seven position player. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, dude's a superstar. They just signed him to this huge deal. Everything's looking good. You have him and Trevor story. Um, Manning that left side of the infield. Uh, and then you have, you know, Daniel Murphy, who's... His swing is just so... I don't know when the last time you saw, like, a Daniel Murphy highlight was. I saw something from spring training. His swing is just so timeless and simple and smooth. I, I feel like he'll just hit until he's 50. I, I I He won't be able to run, but he could just slap a base hit whenever he wants.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's the stereotypical beautiful lefty swing that he's
2: got over there. Yeah. Uh, and we're not even talking about Charlie Blackman, who hit over 300 and hit over 30 home runs last year. So this lineup has a lot of pop and has potential to be dynamic. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're, their pen's okay, but I am not. I don't know how their starting rotation is going to be. That's the only thing that scares me. I feel like that's a lot of what this division is. Uh, you know, the Padres, too. I mean, Machado's going to be in year two. Hopefully we get a whole year of Fernando Tatis Jr. That dude is absolutely electric. I cannot wait to see him play for a full year. He might have pushed Pete Alonso for uh, Rookie of the Year last year if he doesn't get hurt just because he plays a premier position. Um, So I'm I'm excited to see how he plays. And Francisco Mejia, see how he does. And Will Myers, see if he can – he almost hit – Will Myers is a very underrated player. He almost hit – 30 home runs in 2016 and 2017. And he looks like he was going to be a perennial all-star, but then he got hurt in 18, didn't really get back to 2019. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in this coming up year.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, some other intrigue in the division is the Diamondbacks. I mean, yeah. you got an eight a- bad bum. I mean, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. you got Starling Marte. I think that's a huge addition to that team. Uh, could you see them? potentially making a wild card push? oh for sure man I mean think about you mean
2: 85 win team they add Starling Marte and Cole Calhoun and Mad Bum Uh, I mean Kettle Marte he's a he took a huge leap last year he had 30 home runs hit 320 so it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, sustain that Uh, and then between Christian Walker and Calhoun and uh Starling Marte. It'll be they have a they have a pretty solid front end of their lineup. It'll uh, the only thing that would worry me is their depth there um and the depth of their starting rotation too. But like I said, they won eighty five games last year. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, make a push. Um uh, one team that I, I think, think I
0: could see them being Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I I think I could see them being right around 85, 87 wins again this year too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to be, I'd probably say they're going to be a mid to low 80 win team. Um, But we'll, we'll definitely see for sure. Uh, I don't think this division is going to be competitive at the top, but I think between the diamondbacks, the giants who we're going to get to the Rockies and the Padres, uh, I think, I think this could be an interesting fight to see if someone goes for a wild card from this division. I, I mean, the Giants, I think, are going to be irrelevant. They won 77 games last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they won less than that this year. Um, their bullpen got worse. They lost Will Smith, and they lost Mad Bum. And then everyone else they had just got a year
0: older. It's not like they were young to start with either. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I remember when Posey was the guy. He was the, the best catcher in baseball, one of the top players. And now, you know, he's fallen off Longoria. Brandon Crawford. I mean, they're all past their prime, so I don't really expect anything from the Giants. Um, I I don't really I don't really see that going anywhere.
0: What about you? I mean, I I just no. I could see them being close to a hundred lost team this year. Um, as you said, I mean, it's not like they're young guys that are going to be making steps forward. It's all aging people past their prime. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So let's go through it.
2: Uh, well, All right, let's pick up – let's let's pick our playoffs, all right? I think talking about it, we both have the Yankees coming out of the AL East. That's easy. What about the AL Central?
0: I think I got to go to Minnesota just because of the uncertainty with Lindor and Cleveland. Yeah,
2: I, I also have them. And then the NL West – or the AL West, uh, sorry.
0: AL West, I'm still going to go with Houston. Yeah, um, I, I think, think- – Go ahead. I think the A's are going to make it close, but I think they'll enjoy being the first, first wild card team.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that the Astros, for all the crap we give them about cheating, they're still such such a talented team. Um, so if they can try and keep their head down and just play, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, obviously, losing Cole is not going to help, but I still think they beat out Oakland. But like you said, I think Oakland takes the first wild card spot.
0: And I think we're gonna see another ALS AL AL East team in the playoffs next year and the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that rotation is just so dominant and I mean their their young lineup, I think they'll they'll be maybe even the one seed or the first wild card.
2: Yeah, I mean looking at the rest of the AL, I'm gonna agree with you there. Um I definitely think that uh they could they could make a push. I think the Rays are gonna be a quality team I hope we get to see a full year of uh Morton Glasnow and Blake Snell at their at their peak um another team I think I think then the other two teams that I could see making a push for a wild card spot are going to be the White Sox and the Indians both from the central I I could see one of those two teams making a push uh, but looking at the rest of you know the the AL I, I don't really see any other team making that big of a push um, and so, who do you got coming out of the AL? Out of the playoffs as a whole to go to the World Series, who do you got? I'm gonna go with the dark horse here,
0: Tampa Bay. Okay, I like that. I like that. Get to, you get to the playoffs. That's the one thing that matters, pitching. Yeah, I just I just, I love their pitching, so I'm gonna go with them. I mean, the Yankees would be the obvious choice, but I could see some injuries because I don't trust a lot of their guys staying healthy. And, I mean, playoff baseball, you never know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I, I, I could see that for sure. I mean, uh, look at what the Indians did in 2016, the push they made, and they only used uh, – they mainly used three guys, but they had kept to a four-man rotation um, highlighted by Kluber and Carrasco. Um, and Bauer and at the time Josh Tomlin uh, was their fourth guy but they try to keep a three-man rotation so you know if you do that and you have uh, those three guys manning up those positions that be that'd be impressive I think then I mean you always have a chance to compete especially in the playoffs when your pitching gets on especially against a team like the Yankees who if you're pitching can quiet their hitting unless they have Cole on the mound or you know Tanaka's really on his stuff I I think they're a vulnerable team just to injuries uh and if if their bats are cold they're they don't have much hope um despite that I still think they're going to come out I still think the Yankees are going to win the AL um, and represent the AL in the classic um so now we'll go to the NL NL East who do you got
0: uh, I think earlier we said it's going to be a close race. I think the Braves run away with this one. Um, I think they come out of this with a five, six game lead in the division.
2: Yeah. You know, you have Alcuna and Albies, and hopefully Swanson can continue making strides forward. Uh, and Freddie Freeman just, he like we were talking about Daniel Murphy's swing, Freddie Freeman just has a classic swing too. Um, so I also have the Braves coming out of there. What about the Central?
0: Uh, Central. I'm gonna go with St. Louis. Um, I think it's gonna be a close one, but I, th- I just, I think they're gonna come out. Yeah, I mean, I like Jack Flaherty. I like Goldschmidt
2: um, and the young guys they got going there. But I, I still think the Brewers. I think the Brewers would have won it last year if Yelich stays healthy. Even though they played well without him, I still think you can't, you can't say adding the MVP in my opinion would have uh, would have hurt that team. So I'm gonna take the Brewers. And then, obviously, we have to take the Dodgers coming out of the West. I mean, yeah, that's, that's not a,
0: really even a question. Yeah, um, they'll win that
2: division by 20 games. I mean,
0: you look at that team. That's not every team that's really too worried about injuries because, I mean, they're so deep. As we're talking about that outfield, I mean, you got four or five guys out there who could start on most teams. Um, I think it's going to be the Dodgers, who knows how many games, maybe even, it could be 20 for all we know. That being said, I think my first wildcard team, I'm going to go with Arizona. You're taking Arizona? Yep. Interesting. Um, I don't hate that pick. I think the additions they made over the offseason are are really going to help them out. Uh, I think Mad Bum still has some left in the tank, and he's familiar with the division. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's really going to depend on. Uh, Kettle Marte, and if he can sustain what he did last year and Christian Walker. Um, I, I don't know if they have the depth, but I'm going to take the Mets team. We, we talked about, we liked their offense, kind of worries me a little bit. But like you said, I mean, they they got starting rotation like you dream about. You know, we talked about the, uh, Tampa Bay's three headed horse, um, or three headed monster rather. But the Mets, that's, that's between, uh, DeGrom, back-to-back Cy Youngs, uh, Syndergaard, and Strowman. I think that's going to be a a rotation. uh, It's going to be pretty formidable there. And then what about your second team? Who's the last team making the playoffs this year?
0: I think it's going to be Milwaukee. I mean, same reason you were talking about. I mean, you just – you had Christian Yelich. Hopefully he's healthy this year for a late playoff push, and I can't really see – there's no one else I'd rather have than Christian Jelich, honestly. Um I think he's he's proven himself and I think that they're gonna come out. Yeah, I mean you just mentioned there's no one you'd
2: rather have. I think if it comes down to the you know the bottom of the ninth, two outs, uh you know, I would ha- I would like to have him. I think he's common calm, calm and collected at the plate. I'd say the the only other guy I might think about is Anthony Rendon, I mean, no matter how big the spotlight is, he just – he almost looks like he's bored up there sometimes, you know. Um, so, yeah, Yelich, Yelich is a superstar. I already have the Brewers in. My wild card is going to be a dark horse here. Um, I thought about the Cardinals, but I'm going to put the Reds in. I think the Reds make the wild card, the second wild card spot. I think it's going to be a tight race between them and the Cardinals. It's going to come down to the last five games. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting.
0: So who's winning the NL? Uh, I went with a dark horse in the AL, but I I can't go against the Dodgers. I think it's going to be Dodgers raise Dodgers win in five. I mean, I just, I can't see this team not winning the world series this year.
2: Yeah. It's, if they're all healthy, it's going to be hard to take down that team. Um, I feel like I, (laughs) feel like you and I could go out there and pitch for them and they still might be able to beat the other team I mean just on those bats alone um, so I also I also had the Dodgers coming out and I so I have Dodgers Yankees um, I think uh, with all the with all the cheating scandal and all the intrigue baseball baseball's going to want want that Yankees Dodgers matchup two huge market teams um, that would kind of annoy me just because of uh you know they all spend all that money but I think the Dodgers end up winning this World Series no matter who they play. Um, barring any injuries, so yeah, I think I think this season going to be a lot of fun. though. there's a lot of storylines we're going to get to watch. It's going to be it's going to be really fun though this year.
0: And that being said, baseball is baseball, and the best thing about it is you never know what's going to happen.
2: So. Yeah, absolutely, 162 games, anything could happen. So thank you guys for uh, listening to us talking baseball. Um, I think this is going to be something uh, we start. Uh, please leave comments. Let us know if you like it. Uh, If it is, we'll keep it around. Um, Yeah, but just two guys passionate about baseball talking. And now we want to thank all of you for listening to the American Valor podcast today. The American Valor podcast is produced with support from an Angels Touch publishing company, publisher of Walk of Heroes, Profile of Valor. Walk of Heroes Profiles of Valor was created in support of the Active Valor Foundation. This limited edition book illustrates the 37 National Baseball Hall of Famers who served in the U.S. military during World War II. Simply visit our website at activevaloraward.org and visit shop to order your limited edition book. For an update on the American Valor Podcast and Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Active Valor Award. Uh, for Nathaniel Cameron and Colin Kirk, my name is Tyler Buckholtz, and this is the American Valor Podcast.